Section twenty one of Young Folks Treasury, Volume two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ellie Cat. Young Folks Treasury, Volume two. Edited by Hamilton Wright Maybe. Section twenty one autumn and spring adapted by frank hinder a fair maiden lay asleep in a rice field the sun was at its height and she was weary now a god looked down upon the rice field he knew that the beauty of the maiden came from within that it mirrored the beauty of heavenly dreams he knew that even now as she smiled she held converse with the spirit of the wind or the flowers the god descended and asked the dream-maiden to be his bride. She rejoiced, and they were wed. A wonderful red jewel came of their happiness. Long, long afterwards, the stone was found by a farmer, who saw that it was a very rare jewel. He prized it highly, and always carried it about with him. Sometimes, as he looked at it in the pale light of the moon, it seemed to him that he could discern eyes in its depths. Again, in the stillness of the night, he would awaken and think that a clear, soft voice called him by name. One day the farmer had to carry the midday meal to his workers in the field. The sun was very hot, so he loaded a cow with the bowls of rice, the millet dumplings, and the beans. Suddenly Prince Amabogo stood on the path. He was angry, for he thought that the farmer was about to kill the cow. The prince would hear no word of denial. His wrath increased. The farmer became more and more terrified, and, finally, took the precious stone from his pocket and presented it as a peace-offering to the powerful prince. Amaboko marveled at the brilliancy of the jewel, and allowed the man to continue his journey. The prince returned to his home. He drew forth the treasure, and it was immediately transformed into a goddess of surpassing beauty. Even as she rose before him he loved her, and ere the moon waned they were wed. The goddess ministered to his every want. She prepared delicate dishes, the secret of which is known only to the gods. She made wine from the juice of a myriad herbs, wine such as mortals never taste. But after a time the prince became proud and overbearing. He began to treat his faithful wife with cruel contempt. The goddess was sad, and said, You are not worthy of my love. I will leave you and go to my father. Amaboko paid no heed to these words, for he did not believe that the threat would be fulfilled. But the beautiful goddess was in earnest. She escaped from the palace and fled to Naniwa, where she is still honored as Akaruhime, the goddess of light. Now the prince was wroth when he heard that the goddess had left him, and set out in pursuit of her. But when he neared Naniwa, the gods would not allow his vessel to enter the haven. Then he knew that his priceless red jewel was lost to him forever. He steered his ship towards the north coast of Japan, and landed at Tajima. Here he was well received, and highly esteemed on account of the treasures which he brought with him. He had costly strings of pearls, girdles of precious stones, and a mirror which the wind and the waves obeyed. Prince Amaboko remained at Tajima, and was the father of a mighty race. Among his children's children was a princess so renowned for her beauty 
that eighty suitors sought her hand. One after the other returned sorrowfully home, for none found favor in her eyes. At last two brothers came before her, the young god of the autumn and the young god of the spring. The elder of the two, the god of autumn, first urged his suit, but the princess refused him. He went to his younger brother and said, The princess does not love me, neither will you be able to win her heart. But the spring god was full of hope, and he replied, I will give you a cask of rice wine if I do not win her, but if she consents to be my bride, you shall give a cask of sake to me. Now the god of spring went to his mother and told her all. She promised to aid him. Thereupon she wove, in a single night, a robe and sandals from the unopened buds of the lilac and white wisteria. Out of the same delicate flowers she fashioned a bow and arrows. Thus clad, the god of spring made his way to the beautiful princess. As he stepped before the maiden, every bud unfolded, and from the heart of each blossom came a fragrance that filled the air. The princess was overjoyed and gave her hand to the god of spring. The elder brother, the god of autumn, was filled with rage when he heard how his brother had obtained the wondrous robe. He refused to give the promised cask of sake. When his mother learned that the god had broken his word, she placed stones and salt in the hollow of a bamboo cane, wrapped it round with bamboo leaves, and hung it in the smoke. Then she uttered a curse upon her firstborn. As the leaves wither and fade, so must you. As the salt sea ebbs, so must you. As the stone sinks, so must you. A terrible curse fell upon her son. While the god of spring remains ever young, ever fragrant, ever full of mirth, the god of autumn is old and withered and sad. End of Autumn and Spring